chapter 15, and I'm going to watch my time. It's, it's still, still early. How many like that extra hour of sleep? Amen. Some of you did. And um, I went into work last night, and I was thinking, man, I'm going to have to work an extra hour. And um, then they told us, said, well, if you're not critical, they need dispatchers and, and a couple call guys. Says, if, you, if you're not doing that tonight, then you can go home at 5.17 instead of 6.17. Right. And I thought, praise God. I went home and I didn't take a shower. I just hopped in the bed and laid down for three hours. <laughs> so I've got some energy this morning. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Genesis 15, just, I'm just going to read uh, one verse here. Maybe, maybe a couple more, but I, wanna, I just want to start with Genesis, Genesis 15, verse 1. says, After these things, the word of the Lord came, came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Yeah. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I don't think I'm going to get through with this message today um, if I do praise the Lord but uh, I don't know we might have to make it a two-parter or something like this um, it just depends on you if you back me up but in Genesis chapter 15 God is speaking to Abram or Abraham as we know him and it says, after these things, he had just delivered Sodom and Gomorrah, his, his nephew Lot, that God comes down in a vision, and he tells Abraham, of course, you have a vision. First thing he's got to tell him is, fear not. Fear not. Why is God speaking to Abram the way he's speaking to him when he says, Abram, I want you to know I am your shield and your great reward. Well, Abraham is the first Jew. And he lives in a culture, and he comes from a culture that to speak to him, he needs to see it. He needs to feel it. What does a shield do? Protects against the arrows, against the enemy. When you say, I am your great reward, he's like telling Abraham, you've won the lottery. I'm going to, we don't play that, but anyways. <laughs> but it's, it's an unexpected, it's, it's an undeserved gift. You, you've, you've got me. Abraham, I am your reward. You've got me. Nobody else has me like you have me. Amen. Of course, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, doesn't he? But he says, I'm your shield. You know, the way we would say it today, the way we Westerners talk is, is well, I'm your protector. You don't talk to a Jew like that. You've got to paint a picture. You, they've got to see a symbol. When, when we say, what is God? We ought to say, well, God is love. Uh, God is omnipresent. You know, they, don't, they say, uh, God is, is, is a rock. 
That's how they describe things. Amen. And that's the way when you read your Bible, you've got to understand understand that and and we like to feel things and and we like to we like to see things too in our mind's eye because we think in pictures we don't think in words amen so he's his he's his protector he's his wealth he says that's what he's telling abraham when he says i'm your shield and 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 i'm your great reward and and you know if god did that to us we'd be thinking oh Wow, mom's been praying for me or something, you know, or, 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 or what's going on. But Abram doesn't answer that way. Abram's not disrespectful, but yet he kind of, in, in, in what one scholar says, he's, in Hebrew, he's giving street talk. He says, what will you give me? Seeing I don't go have any children. I go childless. I don't, I don't have anybody to pass it on to. So what's so, you know, what is this great wealth? But I don't get to pass it on to anybody. But the, the slave that was in, Eliezer that was in his own house would get all that he had. Amen. So he wants to know, God, okay, but where are my kids? He's reminding the Lord. And what the Hebrew calls this, in Hebrew, it's called hasufo. Abraham has hasufo. Everybody say hasufo. Hasufo. You're speaking Hebrew. Amen. We interpret it as faith. But that's really not as good a description as it can be. It is faith, but it means a persistent, I will not let go of God under any conditions, but I will keep pushing and I will keep trying until God comes through for me. Abraham's got hasufo. Amen. In, the, in modern Hebrew, you would use the word huspa. I think that's how you pronounce it. He's got, well, man, he's got some huspa. You ever talk to a Jew? He's got some huspa. In the mod, and, and so Abraham has huspa. Okay, God, you're my shield. You're my great reward. But you promised me children. Where are they? Wow, that takes some huspa, brother. <laughs> it's kind of like that Canaanite woman in the, in the New Testament that, that's coming to Jesus and her daughter is sick. And, and, and I believe that she kind of disguises herself as a Hebrew, but Jesus sees under the disguise and knows she's a, a Canaanite and he's basically it, it, trying to ignore her and, and the disciples are trying to shoo her away but she's asking Jesus to heal my daughter my, my, my daughter's sick and, and Jesus has to tell her look, look, 
my father has not my mission is not to the Canaanites my mission is to the children of Israel and we have we Jews have a saying that it's not meat to give the bread which belongs to the children and cast it to dogs whoa my goodness some of you wouldn't come back to church if I said something like that how dare him say You'd be insulted. You'd get mad. But this Canaanite woman had what we call huspa. She she wasn't she wasn't given up at the first no. And 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 so she comes back at the Lord. She, Amen. Uh, she's quick on her feet. And she. <laughs> And she says, talk about quick on your feet. I tell my brother, praise God. Brother Ron here, I said, uh, I said, uh, I got a new jacket for my birthday. He says, oh, nice. I said, yeah. I said, you see these buttons? He said, yeah. I said, they're overlaid with gold. I'm just teasing, you know. He says, oh, did you, you get, uh, did you get that from the offering? <laughs> I said, I said, man, you're quick on your feet, aren't you? He's retired, but don't go. Well, that's the way that Canaanite was. She was quick on her feet when Jesus said, it's not meat to give the bread which belongs to the children, to the dogs. And she shoots right back at him. And she said, no, Lord, it's not. But the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the children's table. She's got some faith. She's got some whisper. She's not going to give up at the first no. But she's going after what she knows Jesus can do for her. Would somebody stand with me and praise the Lord? Come on, somebody. Right, Tabernacle. We need to get some whisper. We need to go after what God has promised us. Oh, shout and praise the Lord. Go after it. Go after it. Hallelujah. Man, we stop at the first no, don't we? I, I, I titled this today, When God Took My Place, but really, I might need to title this, We Need Some Huspah. There's just some people you can't, say no to they're gonna come back at you one way gonna come back you know how your kids did come back at you that's huspah praise god <laughs> but there's other people they have no huspah and they wonder why they never get anything from god well i want the holy ghost but i went to the altar one time and never got it so i'll just wait till when he wants me to have it i'll get it that's not Huspa. That's not faith, amen. 
faith said, Lord, I read in Acts 2.39 that the promise of the Holy Ghost is for me. Amen. You promised me the Holy Ghost and I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep seeking. I'm going to keep asking. Amen. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep believing till you fill me with the baptism. Oh, you're in, come on, somebody. Get with me. Till you fill me with the Holy Ghost. Praise God, because it's promised to you. It's promised to you. Amen. Amen. And she got it. Jesus said this. He said, man, I've never seen such faith. Not even, I've not seen this faith in Israel. Or huspa. She had huspa. Amen. She was going after it. Some of you quit too soon. You give up too soon. Amen. We get offended too soon. God's about ready to do something and you quit. My God help us. Amen. But she won't give up. Even at an insult. She says, I want it. And she left with a daughter healed. Jesus even reached beyond the limitations of where he was called to, to heal somebody because somebody had faith. Praise God. Come on, somebody. Go after it. Life Tabernacle, we want revival. Let's go after it. God loves people like that that will claim what he has promised no matter what. You've promised it to me, Lord. So Abraham says, where are my kids? God tells Abraham, come on outside, Abraham, and look up at the stars. Now why does he do that to Abraham? Because he's a Jew. He's got to see it. You got to see it up here before you'll ever see it here. But he looks up. He says, number them. Number those stars. I can't. There's too many. He said, so shall your descendants be. I promise you, your descendants are going to be as the stars. Now, I'm not talking about looking up at the stars at DFW Metroplex. I'm talking about where it's black, pitch black, and the stars. Have you ever been in an atmosphere like that? That's the kind that Abraham was in. It was stars innumerable. He said, he's letting Abraham see it. You wanted a picture, Abraham? You got it. Look up. Look up. Too many of you looking down. You got to get looking up at the promises of God because the promises of God are yay and amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I, I quit putting so many fillers in my message. You know what a filler is? It's amen. It's praise God. It's hallelujah. I quit putting so many in if you'll do it for me. God says to Abraham, I'm, he also says, you know, 
Yeah, well, Abraham tells God, he says, okay, that's enough. I believe it. And it was counted to him for righteousness. But God says to him, I'm, I'm also going to give you this land, Abraham or Abram. You need to know this. Listen, now when God tells Abraham he's going to give him this land, when you read the word land in the Bible, we think, or promised land, we, we think that, it, that the promised land is something that was promised to the Jews and it only applies to the Jews. There, there, there's, in a sense, that's not totally false because God did promise them. But he's also promised us a land. Praise God. <laughs> and, and, and land in the Bible is basically the place God gives you to serve him. Abraham, you're going to serve me in this land. I'm giving it to you, and it's the place that you're going to serve me. That's what the land represents. The land is the place that God gives you to carry out your faithfulness. Watauga is our promised land. Amen. Don't wait till you got to go to some mission field. This is the mission field. This is the land where we can fulfill the promise of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Where do you work? Everywhere. <laughs> uh, Century Mechanical Contractor. Amen. That's your land, brother. Right now, that's where God has given you to live out your faith. That's why you brought that man last week. You're living out your faith. Praise God. Don't despise your job. Say, God, I'm here. I'm not saying don't better yourself if you can. But right here, I'm right here right now. I'm on third shift right now. That's my land to live out the promises of God. That little woman that God gave me, Vera, my wife, she's my land, amen. That's my family, praise God. My little daughter, my family, my adopted daughter, Chloe, praise God. That's our land, amen. I don't need to find another woman. I've got my woman, praise God. I've got my land where I can live for God. Shout praise the Lord, somebody. Clap your hands to the Lord and lift your voice to him. I got to take a shot there. Praise God. Family is your land. And God tells Abraham, I'm going to give you this land. And what do you think Abraham did? What do you think Abraham did? He's Jewish. Jews got to be shown. He says, how can I know for sure? Show me. <laughs> I've got nothing, God. If my wife were to die, I don't even have a tomb to bury her in. Show me. God tells Abraham, there's that huspa again. <laughs> you know, you're right. I need to show you this. Now, what happens next? I'll preach it next week. <laughs> what happens next? I gotta watch my time here. Because we got the fire department coming. Praise God. Is what is called the culture of covenant. 
We don't talk so much about covenant. We, we got contracts. But in the ancient culture, it was covenants. And a covenant is, is not a relationship between two equals. A covenant is between a greater and a lesser. You might say, well, what about husband and wife? Need I say any more? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Smile, Sister Reynolds. Praise the Lord. <laughs> we, know, we, <laughs> we know there's neither male nor female, bond nor free, rich or in the kingdom of God. We're equals. But, but really that husband and wife is making a covenant together with God. They're making it together with God, who is definitely the greater party. So, so in a covenant, you have a greater party, A, and then you got a lesser party, B, and they agree to a permanent relationship. And, and, and this is what we may not understand, but when you make that covenant, party A, the greater, sets all the requirements. Party B has no, no say except to either reject it or to accept the covenant. It's all you have. And so all what is required from party A and party B is determined by the greater party A. So if God is going to make a covenant with Abram, who do you think the greater party is? You pass. So God sets all the conditions. Sorry, you don't get to set the conditions. I don't get to set the conditions. God sets all the conditions. And what are the requirements of this covenant he wants to make with Abram? Well, God says, here's what I'll promise you, Abram. I will give you the land, a place to serve me. I will give you descendants like the stars. And one of them will be the Messiah. That's what he means when all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. God says, that's my requirement. Okay, my requirement is a place, a land, descendants, and the Messiah. Abraham says, okay, God, good. What do I got to do? Abraham, Abram, you just be perfect. You be perfect, and I'll do the land, descendants, and Messiah. Whoa. Now God says, I'm going to show you how serious I am about this. We're going to seal this covenant in blood. Something about a blood covenant. He says, I want you to take five animals... 
If you're an animal rights activist, you might want to close your ears right now. Because I want you to take a heifer, a cow, a goat, a heifer, a goat, a ram, a dove, and a pigeon. But I want you to notice chapter 15. What happens next in this chapter is God doesn't tell him, Abraham, what to do with these animals. Abraham knows what to do. How did Abraham know that? They would cut the animals in half. Talk about blood. They'd cut the animals in half. You ever try to cut a heifer in half? He was to lay one side on one and lay the other side on the other. And it said the dove and the pigeon he did not cut. But Abraham knows to do this. The reason he knows to do this is because it was done. It's not anything new in his culture. And God is stepping into his culture to make a promise to him and to make a covenant with him. Can somebody say amen? This was something common in the culture. So he knew what he had to do. He had seen it before. He knows exactly what God is going to do. So Abraham took the animals, cut them in half, Amen. Except the, the birds. And, 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 the, and the blood flowed. And what would happen is the blood would flow down into the middle in, uh, in an indention or a concave in, in the ground. And that blood would flow into that. Amen. And, and there, uh, there would be a lot of blood. Just It, it was a bloody, a bloody mess. Bedouins... In the desert, they, say, they, they tell you, if you want to know how the patriarchs lived at the time of Abraham, live with the Bedouins today. They still are over there. And they still carry this blood covenant, some form of this blood covenant. In fact, if a young boy and girl are going to get married, and oftentimes they're young, once a girl passes the flower of age in their culture, she's able to get married. And, and, and they'll take a young boy and... A lot of times they have a family that lives in a clan and they all live together and they'll herd goats and sheep and, you know, they're, hurt, they're, 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 they're um, shepherds. And, and uh, maybe a visiting shepherds will come and they might be miles away, but they'll come and, and everybody in this clan will, will clean up as best they can. They'll, they'll dress up and they'll, they'll, they'll sweep up and they'll clean the camp and, and then at night this other clan will come and, one will be bringing, let's say, the daughter and, and, and the son that's going to get married. And, and everybody sits around the camp. Now, normally when everybody sits around the fire, they say with Bedouins with the, and Jews and all that, everybody talks. You know, it's just everybody's talking. It's kind of like here before church. Everybody talks. <laughs> and, and everybody talks. But this night, it, it, it would be quiet. When the men begin to talk, the patriarchs begin to talk with one another. And they're setting their requirement about marriage of these two couples. They're going to make a covenant here. And, and, and all of a sudden, the, what they in their culture would consider the greater, the father will get up and, and he'll go get a goat. Now that, that goat knows the culture too. So he's... <laughs> so, so. And they'll drag, they'll drag that goat there and that father will take that knife and he'll slit that goat's throat and that blood will fall to the ground into an indention in the rock right there. 
and everybody's quiet and everybody's looking and and the father may look over at the son with what he's about ready to do and and the father will take his sandals off and he'll remove his sandals and then he'll put his feet in that blood and he says i'm making covenant with this other family my son and our daughter are gonna make covenant together we're making covenant as families and 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 and, and he'll step out of that blood and and what he's saying to that other family what he's saying to that daughter He's saying, I'm giving you a good man. If he's not a hard worker, if he ends up being lazy and a liar and a thief, this is what you can do to me. And he stamps his feet in that blood. And then the father of the bride will come. They're getting engaged now. And he'll look over maybe at his daughter. And he'll take his sandals off. And he'll start walking in that blood also. And he's saying, I promise you, my daughter's a good woman. Amen. And if she's not a virgin, if she's not, uh, if she's lazy, and if she ends up being a liar in that, then that father's saying, if you find out any of these things, then you can do to me what we've done to that lamb. I mean, that, that goat. You can do to me what you've done to that goat. And if that son ends up being a bad husband, you'll find that father in some ravine or what they call a wadi with his throat cut and his blood on the ground and sandal prints in his blood. Do you think we could solve the marriage problem in America if... a light thing. What God is doing with Abraham isn't a light thing. This is a covenant. This is the idea is promise. I will give you the land. I'm going to give you descendants. And from those descendants is going to come Messiah. Now, Abram, you'd be perfect. And Abram, if I break my word, if I break my word, if this then basically God was saying, you can do to me what we're doing to these animals. But God is a man that he should not lie. Hallelujah. God walked right down into Abram's culture. I want you to know that. I'm going to give you land. I'm going to give you descendants. I'm going to give you Messiah. Amen. I'm going to keep my word you can do this to me. Now, what, now, if you're Abraham, what are you thinking? I'm thinking, how in the world am I going to be perfect? And the Bible says in chapter 15 that a great horror of great darkness fell upon Abram. First off, I, 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 got, I got to get moving here. First off, he shoes the animals away. They try before the sun goes down. The birds are trying to steal his blessing, his promise. I'm going to tell you, the devil wants to steal your promise. You got to shoo him away. And Abraham shooed him away all day. 
when night fell, a great horror and darkness fell upon him. He, and that's just a Hebrew colloquialism to mean that he was scared out of his wits. He was scared out of his shoes. He didn't know how in the world he was going to be able to keep that covenant because he couldn't be perfect. Amen. And if he was dead, then there's no descendants. And if there's no descendants, there's no Messiah. Can somebody say amen? And so Abraham is there shaking. He's shaking. He's scared. And the Bible talks about a symbol that comes. And the first symbol that appears is a smoking furnace or what they would call a fire pot that smokes. But smoke is the idea. Who does smoke represent? God, right? We got examples of that. Spirit God, the cloud that overshadowed the children of Israel, right? Bible says calls it cloud, but it's really smoke. Amen. It's it's the smoke that filled the temple. Can you say praise the Lord? And so it represents God. And the Bible says that a smoking pot went through those pieces. God's walking through that blood with that symbolism of a smoking pot. Amen. And and so he walks through. Now, I'm kind of going to embellish this a little bit, but this is the picture I have in my mind. Amen. That now it's Abraham's time to come and he's scared because he knows he can't be perfect. He knows he can't live up to this covenant and that if he steps into that blood he's really a dead man because he's telling God if I don't keep this covenant you can do to me what I've done to these animals and from a human point of view the whole plan of salvation would be lost and we would be not saved if Abraham fails so he gets ready he gets ready to step in my brother praise God he gets ready to step in and and, and as he's ready to step in, I can see God because the second symbol that comes is a fire, praise God. And, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a furnace of fire. And as Abraham, I believe God pushes Abram aside and says, no, my son, you can't live up to this, but I'm going to walk through for you. And that second symbol of fire, a furnace, fire represents God. Tongues of fire fell on Pentecost. Fire covered the mountain of Sinai. Fire in every place in the Bible and symbolism represents God. And so God walks through a second time. And when he does, when he does, He's signing his death warrant. Or the death warrant of Jesus Christ, if you please. Because he knows Abraham cannot live up to the covenant, but he takes his place. Because that's the kind of God we serve. That's the merciful, loving God we serve who doesn't want to see us fail. Come on, somebody. He took my place when God took my place. I can stop right here or do you want me to go on? Don't be so quiet, praise God. At that moment, God steps in that second time. He sentences his begotten son to death. And from that moment on, they knew, and Abraham knew because he passed it down, that his sin would be paid for. Not by Abraham's blood, but by God's blood. 
that he shed through his son, Jesus Christ. Now, what kind of God would come down from heaven, walk barefoot into blood, and said, not only will I do what I promised, but I will pay the price, Abraham, where you fail. And from that point on, Brother Ward, every sacrifice. See, we think they sacrifice. Some people think they sacrifice for sins. They didn't sacrifice for sins. There might have been some Jews that believed that, but that's not why they sacrificed. They sacrificed on the altar to say, God, please keep your word and forgive our sin. The cow, the goat, hallelujah, the ram, the pigeon, the dove, when they would bring those to the house of God or to the tabernacle, it was a way of reminding you of your promise. Hallelujah. And God took this so serious. 400 years later, he tells Moses, Moses, I want you to make two sacrifices for my name a day. One at nine in the morning and one at three. It was to make them every... Yeah, but what if it's raining, Lord? Make them. But what about holidays? Make them. What, what, what if it's the Sabbath? Make them. Amen. And so he does. Every day. Moses, at first it was the tabernacle, then it was the temple. Every day at three and every day, I mean, at nine and at three, at nine and at three, killed blood put on the altar by the priests. God says, I'm going to keep my promise to Abram. I'm going to keep my promise. Amen. It was a reminder every day to Israel. Praise God. And, and, and so they kept it for 1,400 years. From the time of the tabernacle to the temple, 70 years when the temple was destroyed, they weren't able to keep it and they were taken into captivity. But every year after that, the time of Jesus, they were taking this so serious. You'd have a priest that would kill the animal at the altar. You'd have another one at the, uh, at the uh, uh, what, what they would call the sundial or the hourglass. Amen. And then you would have another one with a horn, like a ram's horn or a shofar, something I think they call it. And at nine o'clock, that shofar would blow. Woo! I wish I had one. But it would make that horn blow. And when that noise would go out, the people would stop. And the sacrifice would take place. And then one on one whole high holy day, about three in the afternoon as the priest in the temple stood ready to make his sacrifice and the sundial turned three o'clock Jerusalem was packed if Josephus is right Jerusalem was packed with about two million people for the Passover this time and so the city was packed except outside the western wall of Jerusalem were three men being crucified and there at three o'clock, when the throat was cut and the blood had fallen, the horn had blown. And when the people heard that horn in Jerusalem, everybody stops and remembers the promise. They stop. It gets quiet. But the man that was in the middle of those three crosses, I believe with a loud voice, cried out it is 
head and he dies. What's finished? I believe the blood is finished. The sacrifice is finished. And I have kept my promise, God is saying. And I have forgiven your sins. Daniel says he would be forgiving our sins. Praise God. It was at his death. He died. Promise he kept Abraham thousands of years ago. What else can I say? He took my place, Quentin. I should have been on that cross. But he took my place. I can't reject that. You say, well, what do the Jews do now today? They don't sacrifice those Jews that don't believe in Jesus Christ. They can't. Their temple was destroyed in 70 AD. But this is what they substituted with. Obedience. Because if they don't believe Jesus is the Messiah, they don't believe God has suffered yet. And they're still looking. And so they say their substitute is obedience. In my obedience, God, to your word, I'm saying I'm trusting in your promise. I'm going to try to live up. And I know when I fail, my sins are going to be forgiven. But I've got good news for you. He's already done it. Will you stand with me today? He's already done it. It belongs to you. You can grab it by faith. Don't let the devil stop you. Don't let negativity stop you. Don't let doubt stop you. Praise God. It belongs to you. Because he paid the price. Hallelujah. Jesus, keep me near the cross. Praise God. I just wonder, this altar's open. Is there anybody here today that might step out and say, Lord, as if I'm walking through, I want to make a covenant with you. I want to accept that relationship. And now that relationship is just to accept you. Accept what you've done for me. We might call repentance. What is repentance? It just means to turn around. What I didn't accept, what I didn't believe in, Lord, I now believe in and I now accept. I'm repenting, God, and I'm walking. Hallelujah. And when you do that, you sign that covenant. The Bible talks about circumcision of the heart, which is represented by baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. You're making a covenant with God. Lord, I accept your invitation. And he washes your sins away in the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. And he's promised you his spirit. The Holy Ghost, we call it around here. The Holy Spirit, whatever. Said he would come and indwell in you. And you shall be his witness. 
Abraham was his witness that it was to come, but we're his witness that it has come already. Will you come today? Will you just, I don't, you know, I can't paint it anymore. Words cannot describe, my Lord, of how great and merciful and loving and kind and sacrificial giving He is. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. As Lord, as Abraham was scared that day, I'm afraid that I might not be able to live for you, Lord. I'm really afraid to step in, oh God. That's all right. Be honest with him. But can I tell you, the Lord is telling you today, you won't walk alone. That's why I'm going to give you my spirit to empower you. And if you do fail, my blood can cover that sin. And you can get back up. And I'll help you get back up. And you're going to make it to the end. Hallelujah. I'm glad we got a promise today, church. I don't want that promise to ever get old, but I want to remind myself like those Jews did every day, sacrificing. Thank you for Calvary, Lord. Thank you for paying the price for my sins, oh God. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. I just wonder if you would just maybe reach over to somebody right now if it's appropriate. Put your hand on their shoulder. Because we're not walking this alone. We've got a family called the family of God. Hallelujah. I thank you for your family, Lord. I thank you for your church, oh God. I thank you for that bride that you purchased with your own blood, oh God. Hallelujah. 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 I thank you for everyone that's come today to say, Lord, I accept you. I accept your promise. I believe, hallelujah. I believe as Abraham, God, you accounted to him as righteousness, Lord. I owe you so much, God. I'm so glad you made the difference up, oh Lord. But in my obedience, I love you, God. Is my way of showing I love you. Is showing my way that I believe in what you've done for me, God. That I don't live in vain. Praise God. That's it. Pray with one another. God's doing something here. God's doing something here. Thank you for Calvary, Lord.